Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. So, do you feel that this last year was a waste? No, um, not at all. Not the whole year because I know we had some good time. You know, the two first, the the first two crusades that we had, they were okay. They were really good. We had good time. Even though, um, the last trip you came with the two guys, at the end of it was terrible. Yeah, they got sick and stuff like that. Yep. But at least the crusade itself was not uh, a bad move or a bad yeah. feeling. Yeah. But I think um, for this um, crusade, this last stream, I f- if it's like you feel you got betrayed in the sense of, I know I can do better. And we have done better. But the fact that we were going to an area where I don't have concern, we had to rely completely on the pastors league and they were not there yet, you know? And I think all of that is, uh, will, would open door for frustration. You know, I'm trying to take things as spiritual as I can. Like, it's unheard of you go and do a crusade. That's the first time I am fighting against with the mayor of a city who's doing nothing and you come to do something that would bless their country, their city. And then they try to wore you out with telling over something that they knew that they would not do. Like they knew that they would not break down the, ask us to remove the platform, you know? But still, they keep you easy, focusing on the st- their stupidity, things that, and then the next day, something that $500 could fix. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So to me, all of that, and uh, I feel that for the pastors league, we were not doing things together. We were like the money, you know, someone that with the money give or giving the money, you know? Yeah. We, if uh, what I felt is like, we have two teams, our team and their team. Yeah. There was no slowing no connection no but i do feel that the pastors from kavayam the one who gave me the picture mm-hmm. i real felt the warmth from him though so the thing is he is as i said he is new to ministry not in the sense of age only but in the sense of like you know what we are doing is intense. Like when you are on a mission field, when you are traveling, you are going out, you may not realize it, but you are running faster 
than the rest of the world, the rest of people doing, you know, ministry. Yeah, I, like you're on the front line, exactly. doing something that they're they're not doing. Yeah, like I'll give you an example in their own country. Ourselves alone, let's say, night for living in Haiti, we've done more things this year than the whole pastors league together, all together. Our ministry, we've done way, 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 way worse offense. Like three crusades. Yep. Water projects, three pastors' conference. You see what I'm saying? Your school. The school. Finishing up a well. Finishing, feeding kids. Like tomorrow, we are having the program at the school. On Friday, we are going to have the program for like 300 children in the neighborhood. That's insane. You know? So when you consider you are doing all that, your pace is too fast for them. Yeah. So for him, since he is a businessman, and I understand him, he got into too much. And I think he didn't have the proper help emotionally, like counseling and stuff like that. Because yeah. losing your wife in May for you to remarry in December, you know? Yes. So I don't think that he really mourn the departure of his wife. The process was not so nice. Like, and the fact that he is a businessman, business people, they can understand ministry better than some people sitting there doing nothing. So you would see even Jesus, most of his disciples, he got them on the work field. While they were working. Exactly. If you're faithful in your work, in your job, you'll enter into your work. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have a question for, for you um, as a Haitian, observing the response of the Haitians. When I'm preaching Jesus crucified from Isaiah 53, does that strike the people's hearts? Is that something that they're used to hearing? No. They would not hear a gospel presentation in that manner? No. Very, very difficult. Very rare you will find someone. Really? Mm -hmm. Because to present it like that, you need to master the, 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 the gospel. You need to master the word. Remember, as I told you, many of us in Haiti, we are pushed into ministry. We don't have many teachers. Like, let's say you are from a church, your pastor, he is, uh, he is a teacher. So you grow, you, you, it's like you come under the teaching anointing that is pushing you to learn more and more and more. And you take it seriously. Yeah. Information that you are sharing with people. Yeah. And secondly, remember, you are from a country where informations are available and accessible. Like people, like, if you don't know, it's simply because you choose not to know. Yes. You can buy stuff. You can buy books. You know, like you would see. Even your team, you come, I see DK reading on his. Yeah. 
on his tablet. It's not something you will see. Like you go, I don't know many pastors who have a library. I don't see books. You go to, you know, it's not um, a learning, a teaching culture. It's some preaching culture. Preaching, you know, when I was preaching Isaiah 53, I was preaching. Yeah, I know what I mean. It's not preaching, how could I put it? I know what you're saying. You're saying the content. Yeah, the content. I'm talking. Teaching yeah. at the pace of preaching. Preaching, exactly. Is not normal within yeah. this context. Yeah. And secondly, gee, our, most of our churches, they are not Christ-centered. What are they centered on? They are mostly um, story-centered testimonies. That testimony is exactly relating to Jesus. You know, it's mostly like even I try to put everyone, I mean, as many people as possible, try to put them on the platform. You know, train people, push them and push them. It's everything will run to you because that's what they are used to, the pastor. Like, I'll give you an example. Today I was talking, Marlin, the principal, she walked, she called me, she sent me a message to tell me, you know, about the key, the celebration tomorrow at the school, you know, and then um, she told me that Rams, I mean, Elder Ramses Rife called her to tell her about cards for the celebration, you know, stuff like that. And she was calling me. It took me like 15 minutes to let them understand. I am in the middle of a chaos. I have five people. I even had to ask Mika to bring me some, some, you know, not even Mika. You know, when Mika come, Kim, we still thought that you were go, you were traveling. I had to pay someone from Cabal on a motorbike to bring me spare on, on underwear and shorts and stuff like that. I didn't have them. I knew that we were there for one night. I brought only things that I would need for one night. So just to explain to them, me, I, I this these things. They are not in my mind now. I already released responsibility to you, you know, so you take care of it. So it's a culture that everything is centered to the pastor. It's like everything is through you. People don't really think for themselves. Exactly. You know, while what I'm looking for, I'm looking for thinkers. So that's why this is something we are trying to develop the culture from the earliest age at the of the children at the school. Yeah, bring them to think. So, like people, I don't, I don't think that people understand kind of the different dynamics of things that happen in Haiti. Obviously, the people you are referring to are Haitian, so they understand. But like, we come in late on a flight from Miami, which means we miss our flight to 
Lakai. Yeah. There's no more flights running that day. Yep. There's no guarantee of a flight tomorrow because they're all booked out because there's only one airport and one airline. So we have to rent a private plane. Yeah. That's $1,300. Yep. But we have to do it the next day. Exactly. So we had to stay in another hotel, a couple hundred bucks, 30, 40 bucks for dinner because it's not a cheap hotel because it's in Patronville. Yeah. But first we went to the Visa Lodge, which was closer. Closer. They were totally booked out. Then we had to rent a driver not only to get to the airport to the first hotel, but the airport to the second hotel. Then we had to get a driver to take us to the airport in the morning. Yeah. Then we get to the airport, then we fly, then we get here. Then we go from here to a boat to an island. Then we're hanging out. We can't preach the first crusade that night because you're tired, I'm tired, everybody's tired. We entrust the meeting to the pastors. None of them stepped up to preach. Yeah. Then we have three nights of meetings. I preach twice. You preach once and I preach another time. That's the final night. During the day, on Friday, we had a pastor's conference. Uh, the crusade went all the way to Sunday. We were expecting 20,000 people, and we probably ended with 1,000 people. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's And so we had, I think, like 300 people one night, 500 people another night, yeah. maybe 400 people the next night, yeah. and then it went to 1,000 people. And then people see like the drone footage online of, of that night. Um, but we were expecting 20,000 people. You had to fly to the Dominican Republic to get the banners and the posters and all the things. You were on the radio advertising. You're on Facebook advertising. Like sometimes people don't realize all that goes into this. That whole Dominican Republic expenditure was $1,175. Yeah. You know, that's that's that adds to... You know, the pastor's conference is, is $2,200. We, we were going to feed 125 people. 90 people show up at a more than eight, at about $18 a person. Yeah. And then you're talking about like $4,500 for the clean water filters, $600 for the books. People don't understand like what does it take to do the type of stuff we're doing. And so I think it's important to know the cost, the the reality of it all. And then we go to the airport early and we lost the flight because we didn't make the first flight here. So they resold our tickets to someone else, which is something I've never heard in my life. Yeah. Then we have to pay $300, $331 to adjust our Miami uh flights and then we had to pay twenty four hundred dollars to rent a plane with an additional thousand dollars in hotel expenses you know so like when all when you're having to spend all this money when you're having to really it, it really makes you, it really makes you think is this worth it yeah like it, it and the, you know, Jesus is worth it and people are worth it. But the difficulty that I know you feel a lot and I feel a lot too is what I'm putting in 
seems to be a lot more than I'm getting out. Yeah. And there was times this year where we spent a lot less money We've- on crusade advertising, a lot less money because uh, the speakers were smaller and the area was smaller. And we started at a crusade from 2,000 and went to 5,000. And we started with another one at about 800 or 1,000 and went to about 1,800. Yeah. Um, and so, you you know, you ask yourself, is this worth it? And I think the the big answer is, in the long run, it's worth it. It feels difficult when you're struck with uh, disappointment or you learn an expensive mistake or you learn that in good faith and in goodwill, you trusted people who are not willing to step up. Yeah. Like when I spoke to the pastors, I said to them, like, you guys did not step up. And I wasn't blaming all of them, but you think in a pastor's league, you've been given a meeting, you know, in the middle, yeah. you know, in the middle of the city. And, and, and so you think someone's gonna step up and preach and they didn't. And to me, that's, that's crazy. You know, um, but there was a woman at the crusade who came up to me. She wrote to me on Instagram. She saw one of your advertisements. She came and she encouraged me. She gave me an offering of 3,000 goods and a $20 bill, which is about 42 U.S. dollars. Is that normal? No. How would you interpret that? Like, how do you as a Haitian see that? A Haitian lady comes up to a white guy, you know, an American. But in her mind, she's calling me a man of God. And she gives me $42. How do you, how do you interpret that? What does that mean to you? Um, to me, it has two, two dimensions. The first one is she catch trouble. You know, I don't know what's, what's. What, um, what's her background from which church she is from, you know, stuff like that. So she understands the dynamic of someone coming to a city with a message, with a blessing. And I need to grab, to bring a connection. And uh, depending on the background I mean, her background, she would know by investing in the men of God, you are opening your heart, you're opening yourself to receive more blessing. Yeah. Maybe they have in, I mean, her ministry, they want to do crusades. They want to do stuff also in the city, but they don't have the means, they don't have the money to do it. So they seize an opportunity to see, see, to soar or seed. To sow. To soar, you know? Yeah, that's one way to see it. I think that's awesome. I also took it as, because I was praying and I'm like, God, is this worth it? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I took that as an offering straight from the kingdom of God, straight from Jesus to me. Yeah, so that's why I said two, two dimensions. Yeah. The second dimension is um, also God showing you in the middle, in the midst of the chaos. I see you. I see you. Yeah, that's how I felt. I, Cause I was weeping in worship and I, I was just saying, okay, God, like 
You know, because for me, I don't care if there's 20 people or 20,000. I want to preach an undefiled, true word from Scripture by the Spirit. I want to give people an option and an opportunity to believe God, to enter into the kingdom. I want to release the kingdom through prayer and through healing and through deliverance if necessary. And I mean, that's what I want to do. So the, the assignment doesn't change based on the uh, amount of people who are there or anything like that. So I just want to ultimately be faithful to the Lord and also be faithful to people who saw the vision believed the vision and sewed into the vision. I mean, there was people who I never met. They, they, they sent a check for $10,000. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole, this whole thing costs more than $25,000 and it was an act of God. Cause I didn't have $25,000 sitting around, yeah. you know, it wasn't like something I had. And I said, okay, That's let's good. do this. Like God made that happen. And I think sometimes when God makes something happen, you can kind of feel a sense of peace in a situation, even when it doesn't go as you planned. And I learned this when my mother died, that God is faithful, even when I don't get what my faith was hoping for. And so like I expected 20,000 people, I felt like it was a major stretch for me. But honestly, I've seen a crowd grow from 2000 to 10,000 in a few days, five days, four days, with no famous preachers yeah. and no famous worship team. Yeah. I've seen Signs and Wonders do that. And you actually came to visit me at that crusade when the yeah. whole city was taken over. Yeah. And so I kind of was like, you know what? I could see, you know, I started with three to four to 5,000 and then it's swelling. I could see it in my heart. And I felt like God challenged me to believe for it. And so we cast this vision for that, but that's not what happened. And I don't think we miss God. I think that there were things we could have done better, um, ultimately. But I think that we were faithful to preach the gospel, uh, to be motivated by love, to invest in the pastors, to provide them with a book, lunch, solid teaching. I think that will be helpful for the ones who really want to grow. Um, and so I don't, I don't regret it at all. I just feel like there's some things that we probably need to reconsider moving forward in terms of how do we select where we're going? How do we know uh, that we're going to get the help we need? Or just build out our own team and maybe go a little slower mm -hmm. and continue to grow. But I mean, another thing people don't realize what happened to the guy who was trying to bring LED screens to uh, Lakai? Because we, how many LED screens did we rent? Um, he was bringing um, twelve of them. How much did we pay for that? A thousand. A thousand dollars. And what happened? So trying to bring them, he took a boat, and uh, why did he take a boat? Because he couldn't go through Ma the Maoyani. Okay. So he tried to avoid. So a guy who's bringing the LED screens decided to take a boat because there's a certain area called Mariani that he literally could not drive through for fear of his life. Exactly. Is that real? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what happened to the guy with the eight LED screens that we paid $1,000 to rent?
So the guy, the boat sunk and he lost eight of them. And some people even um, almost died if there was an American on the boat passing by to save their life because they don't know how to swim. Wow. And so they almost lost their life. He lost his LED screens. What did we lose? Uh, for we, I would say we didn't have the, we didn't have the screen. Uh, but did we lose a thousand dollars? No, I would, the reason why I say we don't lose it, I think, I know, I would, let's say, I know that you would use it for another, like if we have another program, so you will have to come and do it. So technically it's on hold, but I mean, he, he lost eight screens, so he may not have enough screens. No, he, I, I know he had a lot, like he had like probably 40, 40 panels. Is this the same guy that does the sound or someone who works with him? Someone who worked with him to another company. Wow. That's rough. Thank God he didn't die. Yeah. So technically we didn't lose all the money, but we didn't, we were not able to use what we paid for on this crusade. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I just want people to be able to kind of understand because this, this is, when I say this stuff, people don't, people have no, no idea, no idea yeah. the reality. No, it's, you know, it's understandable because if you're not on the front line, the developing world, if you don't go to, you cannot really have a taste and on the understanding of it. It's yeah. like you may be enjoying a nice tomato on your table. Yeah. But you don't, unless you go to the field to know what the farmer is going through to bring you that tomato on your table, yeah. you would never be able to understand it because the tomato is so nice on your table. Yeah, and and you don't appreciate the value of the tomato because you didn't plant it, harvest it, wash it, sell it. And so to you, it's a tomato. Yeah. To that other guy, <laughs> yeah. he went through a major yeah. process. Yeah. Inside. Inside. So going forward, like, what are some things that you think that you want to keep doing, and what are the things that you think we should kind of pull back? Because so far. We've built a basketball court together. Uh, we've dug a well, a three-phase well. When do you think that that whole well will be legitimately complete? And what are we waiting for it to still happen? So I personally, um, I can't really tell when it will be complete, even though it's painful because this is the only thing that I am doing at the compound that will that will bring some money in. Yeah, for you. Yeah. You know, also for all the projects that we are doing, let's say the well was running, even if we were making like $100 a day or $50 a day from it, you know? Yeah. That would help cover lots you of would, things. Exactly. 100 a day is 3,000 a month. A month, yeah. So I feel very um, disappointed because yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I feel a little disappointed too because that well was more than $25,000. Yeah. And it's all, I gave you all the money. Yes, I know. And I trust you. Yeah. But what happened with, but the what's thing, the holdup? The holdup is the whole thing about the country. Now you order them, you give the money, but 
you don't want people to send them and for you to, to lose it all. It's like you, you'd rather have it on hold until there is stability where you can travel with stuff free. But do you still have all the money? I don't have it in my hand because it's the person buying it, hold it. No, but what I'm saying is, did you buy it already? We bought, I mean, it's, this is not me buying it directly from the company. Someone in China, someone who does business in China that we trust, buying it for us. The thing is that the buy, you, al you already ordered it, but put the delivery on hold because we cannot but I'm find it's already paid. paid for. Yeah, it's already paid for. You already paid for it. Paid for, yeah. So theoretically, if there was no problem with shipping. No, it would be there a long time ago. We would be running water a long time ago. So what are you waiting for to happen for that to be? To this is good that I have clarity because I'm like, I totally trust you. Yeah. But people are like, yeah, I sewed $10,000 into that. And you cannot see it. And I can't see it. Yeah. So like, where are we at as it relates to finishing it? Okay. Two things um, could happen. We are looking for a carrier that can go to Milagwan. So if we can find a boat going to Milagwan, that would ease it because we will just go from Cavayon to Milagwan to, to come to take it. Yep. How heavy are the things that you ordered? Um, thousands of pounds? They, yeah, they are over. It would be over thousands of pounds because you, um, we got three big tanks. Yep. Plus the pump and everything, plus the, the robot with the, that fills up the, the plastic bags. Yep. You know. So when will that happen where you really don't know? I really don't know. So where is the stuff that you actually bought now? You mean? The, the, the water stuff that you- They are still in China. So they're paid for? for in China. In China. To, to be safe. Someone that you trust? Yeah, someone through um, Pastor Ernst. Oh. That he knows. Because I, I told you, I was just talking to him and he said, I have something for you. I said, what? I found one guy, because we always talk about buying things in China, from China. Yep. You know, and he found one guy who could really, who, who makes things like that happen. And the guy, you know, the same way we were talking to the guy at Inilavash. Yeah. He said that he got container in Haiti sitting there for over a year. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was, I was like, wow. Yeah. No, that's, he lost thousands of dollars of food. Yeah, you, you, you will lose it. The thing about what you have is not perishable. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, for, let's say, I lost three barrels of food that a cousin of mine from New York said. Oh. But bringing them from Port-au-Prince to Carrefour, not just that, I lost like two barrelfuls of medicines for, for Carvalho from Canada, but bringing them, they hijacked the car and they took everything. And the oh. thing is, you, you lose it, you lose it. The company cannot do nothing for you. Yep. You it's, not, I mean, it's not their problem. It's not their problem, so. And it's not their fault. Yeah. We if someone puts a gun to your head and says, give me your barrel. Yeah, and back... Then definitely not dying for your barrel. 
if you wouldn't even die for your barrel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also, you know, the owner of the company is that the one driving the truck. So you just pay someone to drive it. And, and yeah. He doesn't pay him enough to get shot on the head. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, when they do that, they take everything from the truck and you have to pay to get your truck back. Like they would kidnap the truck with the driver and empty the truck and probably send the driver back to the order and said, they are asking $50,000 to get the truck back. And now you have to pay that money to get your own truck back. That's insane. And that's, that's the level of instability. Yeah. So that's the thing. There are things that you are ordering in Haiti normally that would take like two weeks. It's all messed up. Like I order some stuff on Amazon. Usually it will take one week to get them. I waited two months and you still pay the same price for the, for, for one week. And where is it coming from? From the States. And where does it go to? It goes to like a carrier. People would do, would do, people would do that, which is different. You may order something and you live in Petroville and you get them normally. The main thing is Martisa and now Marianne. And we don't even know what's next. What would be the next city? Because they are taking territories after territory after territories. And no one is doing nothing. I mean, like we used to go to Calico, you know, and we used to go to the Cameroon. And you're saying that we can't even pass through Canaan anymore. Not. Why? Who's there? Um, a major king. What are they called? I forgot, I think. I forgot. There are so many in Haiti. You know, um, they have, how do you come, recessed about 76 major gangs in Haiti. Seven, I didn't know that. Yeah. 76? Yeah. All around the country. It's crazy. Yep. Is there anything major in Lakai or not really? No, no. There are few. There are few, few because um, the other day, I didn't want to tell you that on Friday, was it Friday or Friday to Saturday, they killed someone in Lakai. Where should someone in Lakai? Um, not very far from Lakredon. Probably. Uh, Half a kilometer from that. For real? Yeah. To toward the airport? Yeah. Closer the, to the airport? No. Or further from Cl the airport? Yeah, closer to the city. Yeah. Like before, but from the city before you get to Lacredon. Okay. They shot, they shoot someone. For what? Money. Who was it? Um, it's not like a major name, but someone who does some business, some stuff. Really? Yeah, I, I, I read it, I saw it, but I said, I would tell, I would talk to you about that when, after you get to, 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 <laughs> to New Jersey. <laughs> Not while you are here, you know. <laughs> so was he getting money at the ATM? No, no, it was at night, like around 10 o'clock. Where did they shoot him? In, in front of his house. And did they rob the house? No. Usually things like that happen. And, 
it may not be for robbery. It could be someone paying someone else to get you out of business, you know. And you know, it's, to me personally, when I talk about gangs in Haiti, I don't, to me, most of the people with guns, they are victims. They are not the real gangsters. They are victims. People um, use them, but there's... They exploit their poverty. Yeah, they are. And get them to do violence for them. No, imagine if we talk to two helicopters company in Haiti, two helicopter companies. What did you hear both of the guys told you? We're not flying in Haiti anymore. Anymore. There is only one company flying. Yep. Sunrise. It's, you think they're gangsters too? Um, the way I see things, there are some people who are free of movement in Haiti. Yep. They are, you are free of movement while you have more money than those that they are harming. To me, it's bring a big question mark. Suspect. Yeah. The guy that owns that is a white guy. He's a white Haitian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do white Haitians happen? No, they are they are from most of them they are from um slavery time. A blow would get a black lady pregnant and then the son, their children are mulattoes. Mixed. Mixed. Yes. And some of them, they are not even from Haiti. Their parents are from the Middle East, and they are born in Haiti. Like Syria? Syria. But they're not Muslims, right? Some of them are not extremists, but some of them are Muslims. But we got some, they are, some of them are Jews also. Interesting. Jews from Syria? Um, not just, you know, not all of them are from Syria. There are some from Israel. Who owns the banks in Haiti? The same, this, the, the same people, the Knight of Ambulance. What are they? They are Syrians. Uh, few of them are Jews. So Jews and Syrians own the bank in Haiti? Own the bank, own 90% of the economy. Wow. And they came extremely poor like I know one one of them I don't want to say the name but okay I would say that like like Madsen I this is not something that someone was saying this is something that they put on a calendar that they were giving like thousands you know like and they put when their father great great father came to Haiti he couldn't even pay the board right he had to work for someone for three years just to pay the boat rack. Wow, that's poor. They, yeah, they came as slaves. <laughs> they came as slaves? Yeah. So there was white slaves? When I say, imagine someone um, puts you on a boat to come and work for them. You have to work three years before you can get your freedom. What are you? Slave. <laughs> so there was white slaves in Haiti? working for other for all the whites so the whites had white slaves yeah but you know slave not to the extent of mistreating them and beating them the way they would treat a black slave you're in africa 
So the white slaves were treated better? No, they were like workers. Like bonded labor. Exactly. But not slavery. We, but to us, you know. If you're not free, you're not free. Exactly. So the level of mistreating is, is one thing, but yeah. not free is not And 100 years later, they become the richest or in the country. It's wild. That's why I said I'm not leaving Haiti. Because if people from other country come and they are rich and Haiti is the way it is now and none of them are living, there is something in Haiti. And I'm looking for it. <laughs> Do you... So what did you, is there anything from this trip that you kind of like you learned or kind of like a takeaway? I learned, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot. The first thing I learned is I will never do anything again like that simply because someone asked me to come and do it in my city. Yep. You asked me to do it in your city. I think we're going to have like 10 meetings before I say yes. To make sure that you have the capacity. And it was a genuine ask. It's like, come preach the gospel in our city. Yeah. Like, sure, like we'd love to, but he, here's how you can help us and here's yeah. how we can work together. No, you know, it is good. That, that could be easy if you are someone like Benin. So you are, I ask you to come to my country to do something, but you come with your crew. You got everything ready your sound man, your platform, da da da. Yeah. You got your. I just want you give me 4,000 people for a choir. And I send a maestro, you sing my song, you do my thing. I don't rely on you, you know. But when someone asks you to come, sometimes they just see the beauty of what you are doing, but they don't understand. They see the beauty of the food on the table, they don't, but they never go back to the kitchen to see what a mess. Kitchen or the farm. Yeah. To see what a mess it is to prepare yeah. that. So you're saying that the pastor saw how well the Kavayon Crusades went? Yeah. And then expected that here. Yeah, but they never know that it requires lots of work, you know? Yeah. So to me, you go, you don't see no intercessors, you see no ushers, you see no nothing. It's like we were not prepared, you know, for... And you know... The same way before Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish, he has them to put them in order. 50. Exactly. Sitting groups of 50. Yeah. Border sets, lays the foundation. For miracles. For miracles. Exactly. So I think that's what, that's what I learned. And uh, the second thing that, um, uh, that I learned, I will never do anything unless I sit down with all the pastors, not just up to one person and then think that you got all the pieces with. I mean, because when I talked to you, I thought things were in good motion. Yeah. I, that, that I was totally surprised to me, to me, I thought everything was in motion until Monday when I went to meet, I kind of asked to meet with the pastors and I realized they didn't even know that the pastor was getting married just got there. So then these guys honestly don't have real relationships? No. Because you have a, the head guy and they don't even know he's getting married? Is he the president or the, the president? So the president... Got married the other person. So he's the vice president in Kavayon 
he was the vice president in Lakai, and the guy died in May. And now he's the president in Lakai and the vice president in Cavayon. Uh -huh. Yep. And so they don't even know that their own president is was. getting remarried because his wife died. No. So that's the level of relationship that they don't have. Yep. So then we entered into that level of no relationship. And I am and the one. No relationship. There's no real communication. Exact. And I am so. the one who went to a meeting and trying to apologize to the pastors for not being able to meet with them before. I know he was busy. Your president was busy getting married and everyone went. <laughs> wow. I brought the news. Wow. And so it's now, now that you think about it, a thousand people at the crusade is kind of like a miracle still. Everything at the crusade is from our hand. They didn't do nothing, absolutely nothing. I don't think they even give out one flyer. Let me ask you a question. From your perspective, did people get saved? Um, I think few people dedicated their life to Jesus. From your perspective, do you think some people got healed? Yeah, yeah, that I know. That I know some people got healed. Yeah. Like besides the guy whose right ear opened? Yeah, I, um, there's someone who came. I think the lady who gave the testimony on the platform was real. Yeah. She got really healed. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one that was, yes, was tormented, feel like she was going to die, yeah. headaches and stuff like that. Exactly. But do you, would you say that there was some more healings? There was more. There was one. Do you, do you feel that it's normal for people to be shy to, to do testimonies? Um, yeah, it is normal. Not many people will come out, you know. And it's not just us, even on Jesus' time, you know. Nine, ten lepers. Ten lepers that heals. Only one comes to thanks. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the crowd? Like, were they attentive when you were preaching, how did you feel they responded to you? I uh, thought they were very attentive and I saw a lot of joy on their faces. Yeah, they are. Because, you know, it's straight, um, the language and also the fact that it was more dramatic so mm -hmm. people would catch it. When I was preaching, do you think they were legitimately listening? Yeah, many of them. Many of them. Many of them were. Get out. You will see that as soon as you ask people to come for prayer, you see how many people just come forward. Yeah. You would not come for prayer like it's sending and sending and then come for prayer. Oh, prayer? And you just know they were listening. Yeah, yeah. Building their faith. And many people, I don't know, I mean, yeah, many people, they came expecting a healing, expecting something. Yep. Yeah. No, I felt that there was good expectation. Yeah. There was good attention. Yeah. I felt that they were attentive. They were. Um, yeah, so I think it was good. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's ever a waste to preach the gospel. No. Well, did all that stuff. Anything else, or? Yeah, and also, um, what I the other thing that I'm learning, I learn from it more and more is. You go somewhere, you find you find a man of peace. Secondly, 
you build a solid team, someone with the same intention, not just some performers, people who just come, they find a good platform, good sound, and they come to perform. Yeah. You know, like you would see, imagine you got all these people leading praise and worship. So I met none of them while you are preaching, all of them are gone. They just left. They came on there to do their show. They do, they did their show and did the, I mean, it doesn't matter the leaders. That's not good. Yeah. No, because then they're entertainers, not worshipers. Be, they are entertainers simply because the one who invite them, invite them to entertain, not to worship. Yeah, that's not good. And imagine you are paying entertainers, not worshipers. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. I'd rather pay your people who are worshipers. Yeah. And I think we had some good time with your crew while they are worshiping, even though people didn't understand. The worship and spirit. Yep. So people many times can feel and experience what they don't even understand fully. Worship is spiritual. It's more, it transcends the natural. And you know, I see wherever there is, there is worship, there will be revelation. Yep. Jesus revealed himself to worshipers. Yeah. And I was looking at something from the Samaritan women, the women by the well. Yeah. Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah to her before he revealed himself as the Messiah to Peter. Yep. yep. Because what many people doesn't understand, there are some people in sin, but who have the heart to worship. Like she was a worshiper. Interesting. She was a worshiper and she asked question about worship because he said, she said to Jesus, you said that we have to go all the way to Jerusalem to worship. Yep. I and think that that was a deflection too, though. Because yeah. he was addressing her and she wanted to talk about religious stuff. But she was sincere. Yeah. Broken people know they need worship. Exactly. Exactly. And as soon as she got the revelation, she became the first evangelist yep. to go forth and get a whole city saved. Yeah. Yep. And then that's also Jesus going to places and people that others avoid. Yeah. And I would say that right now, Haiti is not a place that people are running to. No. Um, Everything is dying in the country, Adam. We have no system, no political system, no financial system, no. I would even say it's sad. We don't even have a real spiritual system. Because the church, to me, is failing. When you have had pastors leaving the church, leaving the people that they've built for years, just because there is an opportunity to travel and go, you don't even know when you are coming back and how you are coming back. So it's a slap to the face, to, to Jesus' face. Dang. It's like abandoning his bride. Exactly. Wow. And or an opportunity. Yeah. Wow. Because many people are in ministry, not because of Jesus, but because of what they can get. That's crazy to think that you would be in ministry in Haiti before you can get seemed to ask him on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the same thing we were talking about, the, the, the sound. 
let's say, you know, many, you know the reality, you know my reality. But for many, many pastors, they would give anything that they have to be on my, um, at my place. Yeah. Because of what they see, you got five blondes in December, people come, you know, you are rich, you got money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. While they don't really know what you are really going through, you know? Yeah. And imagine, I mean, between you and I, imagine now that I'm talking to you, I am fighting. I'm, I am believing deeply to pay for our rent. That was due since October 10th. What rent? My house rent in Garfield. Wow. You know? So, and it's not like easy money. It's $4,500. Wow. U.S. enough to pay for the rail. And my wife is doing her best to clean the house, paint the house, and do everything, you know. Um, so, you know, if someone sees me and he is going into ministry because of the lifestyle he sees that I am living from outside, yep. you can imagine, yep. you know. Because we sat down, you were talking with the Koreans about the reality, about the school, about, and you see that it's even what I am presenting, I'm not even presenting it to the death of it. You know, you're just trying to survive. If I could just find enough to yeah. make that thing work, you know, so you would. But people, when they would see, they would see the school, they don't know the reality. They don't know what we are. And just assume. Exactly. There's a, there, yeah. It's a, and I, I remember I went to pastor's, Pastor Ricardo's office and he put aside whoever assumes will make an ass of himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why he would go, assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. So you will see people go into ministry trying to find that. So this is the type of people. They, they know many pastors, they are traveling. You know, no one would ever believe that I never travel. Yeah, the thing that you've done, all that you've done without traveling is a miracle yeah. from Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a miracle from God. No, imagine you never travel. You are helping people who've been traveling for 15 years, going to the States, who are bringing people to their ministry to help them. It's crazy. Now imagine I support, we support orphanage. And now the founder of the orphanage and his wife and three of his children, they live in the U.S. and we are still supporting them every month. Cool guy. Yeah. Wow. Did he leave? The father leave? Yeah, the father, the mother, um, the two boys and the oldest girl. And I know for sure. That so is guy still here? Yeah. Is Guy still here? No, no, no. He left? Yeah, he is in Boston. But I understand he is, he is getting old. He got Alzheimer. His wife had a stroke on a wheelchair. There was no proper help for them in Haiti. So they're no. often. No. Everything is in Port Prince, Adam. Like you are in cough or you got sick. Either, um, either way, you, will, you, you may die. 
if you stay in Carrefour, sickness will kill you. You go through Mati Sayyid, Mughat will kill you. <laughs> so that's why I told you it's other country. You can be playing sick if you cannot be sick. <laughs> because I, I, either way, one of them will hit you. The that's sick, crazy. Small bullet. Yeah, yeah. You're going to die. Dang, bro. Well, it's good debriefing with you. So you, you want to do more crusades? Yeah. I, I, I think what we need to do is build your team out. out. Yeah. And I think you need to go home to your wife, family, spend some time there, pray, and then reassess yeah. who is with you in Carrefour. Yeah. And then play a support role from a distance in the church in Cavallon until you can really figure out yeah, so I'm manageable way back and forth. Yeah, I personally, I'm thinking that we would do, we would not do anything like crusades and stuff like that before the summer. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I know that we, I am not, I'm not ready to do anything like the way we used to do doing Carnival February yeah. March. It's funny that you said that because I was thinking that I probably shouldn't come back to Haiti until my wife is off from school again. Because if she's off from school and I get stuck a day or two, it's not a problem. problem yeah. And I don't, I don't want my wife to have to bear the brunt of what I'm doing. Then. Cause then I'll, then I, then I'll, I'll pull back because that's not her problem. Yeah. You know, like I appreciate my in-laws helping with the kids but I also have a job to do with them. And that's the thing to me, like I, the idea of getting stuck, I, that really like affected me. I probably spent about $5,000 this year extra yeah. in Haiti, just being stuck. Stuck, yeah. Yeah, so I think that we got six. Maybe 4,500. That's, that's not, but both times it wasn't anything we did. Yeah. And and so that's the risk that you take when you come to Haiti. Yeah, I mean, no. you, how, what, what was the last time you were home? I left home on November 2nd. November 2nd. And it's December 19th. That's a lot. And you haven't been home. Why? Because of what? Because of the problem in Mariani and I didn't want to go and not be able to come back for the cruise. Got you. So it's my fault. Great. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but I, I, you know, I want people. If if this gets if this gets played, I want people to understand. Just the reality is this is insane. Yeah. But I love the Haitian people. I love you even more than them, because you are one. But I, I really want to encourage you and support you, be a brother to you, you know, and, and just see you thrive in your calling and continue to build what God has put in your heart. But I'm praying that, like, God really lays a foundation for you for the future so that you can move from a place of abundance and strength. Okay. You know, and I believe it's possible. Amen. So... I wanted to say, man, I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate everything you've done. And thanks for watching over for the team. You know, they were a good team.
Yeah. They are solid people, you know. So as I know, as as you know, to me, we are in together. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate you and thank you. As I said before, you know, I, I am amazed by the team to see in the middle of all this, you don't see any drama in it. Have you ever seen a team like that? No. To be honest with you, though. How long have you been doing this? Over 20 years. Over 20 years and you've never seen a team like this? No. We went through less than that. More trouble. More trouble. Yeah. This was some pressure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be. You know, we took it. I mean, this week was a lot. Adam. Even the boat rides, the risk, we didn't even think about, you know. Yeah. The risk. The waves. Yeah. No, this, we, we went to the extreme of our capacity this, this trip. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think there is, besides like preaching, in the gang and people are shooting up um, at you. I don't think there is more that we could endure. <laughs> yeah, God is faithful. And- but imagine even last night, we went, we missed the, the flight. I mean, there was no flight. We drove like more than an hour to come to a hotel. In an hour and a half. In the middle of the night, from going to nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's not... Um, and, you know, come just to sit in a hotel. We didn't go out. It's not like you are going yeah. out. You are no. going to, to the beach or stuff like no. that. Just to, just to have a place to really rest. Yeah. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And now we got a private plane coming for us. Yeah. And we came here private. We need a plane. I'm telling the Lord, you want me to keep working in Haiti? I need a plane. Yeah. I'll work in Haiti. I need a plane. You ready for this? a six-seater. <laughs> yeah. I would prefer an eight or a ten. Yeah, because you, it you need, it would be better to be able to drive to fly from New York to Haiti, or New York to Miami and Miami to Haiti. Miami. Yeah, but it, still, it will still be from New York to Haiti. Yeah, yeah. So, but you need something that can take that long. Yeah, long flight, you know. Yeah, because Miami to Haiti on a Boeing would be one hundred or an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, so on another plane, probably like three hours. Yeah. Well, Lord. You know, helicopters are more expensive than a plane. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't want a helicopter. I wouldn't want to be in a helicopter for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for talking. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.